the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Joined now by United States Senator Tom Cotton. Good morning, Senator. How are you? Good morning, Hugh. Good to be back on with you. Thank you. I want to begin with President Biden's statement yesterday. Get your comment on it. Cut number three. The reason I'm bothering to do this is I keep hearing on the press, Biden's going to raise your taxes. Anybody making less than $400,000 a year will not pay a single penny in taxes. Stop. And we will not increase. What do you make of that, Senator Cotton? What he intended to say and what he said and what is true? Well, Hugh, obviously false on its face um, because they're about to institute a massive marriage penalty because that figure applies not just to individuals, but to two-income households as well. But if you take a step back, it, all these taxes, of course, are going to hit working families in their bottom line. Sure, Joe Biden can raise taxes on businesses, but businesses are ultimately tax collectors, not taxpayers. They're just going to raise prices on consumers to cover those taxes. It's also going to be less jobs for their employees. So obviously less take on pay if you don't have a job as well. Um, so Joe Biden's statement is obviously false. It's false on its face. It's false on the on the details. It is also false in refusing to admit we have an inflation problem, Senator, and it has been recognized by everyone except the Federal Reserve and Joe Biden. It's real and it's a tax. Yeah, uh, Hugh, unfortunately, if you look at almost any commodity market, um, you can look at the lumber markets, oil and gas, um, things that are used in basic construction like copper or tar. Um, consistently prices are going up. Sometimes in the case of lumber, prices are going up to record levels. I believe the the two-by-four, I've been helping Dwayne in his backyard, two-by-fours and four-by-fours. They are 100% higher than they were a year ago. 100% higher in one year. That cannot yeah. be limited to timber. Yeah. Um, so, Hugh, um, lumber at the 1,000 board foot level, which is how these things are measured, are actually four times as high as they were last year at this time at the outset of the pandemic. Some of that is related to um, the closures of mills during the pandemic, but more of it is related to bad policy, Hugh. Um, look, there can be all the demand for lumber that you want uh, from your builder or at Home Depot or Lowe's, but if mills can't turn logs into boards, you're not going to be able to meet that demand. And they can right now. And the one reason they can't is because many mill workers can make more money staying at home thanks to the Democrats' spending blowout last month, um, increasing unemployment payments by another $400 a month until September, at a time the economy was already recovering. Um, yeah. Likewise, if you, look at, if you look at Joe Biden's tax increases, look at Joe Biden's tax increases. If they eliminate the stepped-up basis at death, and if they treat death as a capital gains tax event, it will be devastating to the timber industry. There is no industry that is a better definition of a cash or a asset rich cash for industry than timber. It takes 25 to 40 years from the time you plant a tree 
to the time you can harvest it and turn it into a piece of lumber. And if you change the long-term tax treatment for something like the timber industry, you simply discourage people from planting, growing, and harvesting trees, which ultimately hits households in their bottom line when they're trying to build a treehouse for their kids or add a deck to their home or build a new home. Let's talk for a moment about the unemployment. I do not fault anyone for making economically rational decisions. And if, in fact, one can put more money into their household and their pocket and their kids by staying at home and collecting unemployment while doing a side gig that is not disqualified by law, I have no criticism of economically uh, uh, efficient decision making. I do have criticism of Congress that failed to anticipate that behavior, Senator. Yeah, Hugh, again, the, the bill that was passed in, in, in March was totally unnecessary. You know, it was totally unlike the situation we faced last March with the CARES Act at the very outset of this pandemic. By March, it was more than clear that the economy, economy was robustly recovering and people were getting back to work because we had vaccines in record-breaking times. None of this is happening because of Joe Biden and the Democrats' policies. It's happening in spite of those things. It's happening because we have vaccines that are allowing people to get back to normal. Democratic governors are finally reopening their states. And it was foolhardy to extend unemployment benefits at enhanced levels all the way through September. You're right that people are making economically rational decisions. And in some cases, it's the right decision for their family, too, because their Democratic governors won't let their schools reopen. So they got to take care of their kids, too. But that's where that we're going has, next. Yeah, I want to go has, to that. Yeah, that has follow on effects. You, you were on Fox yesterday. In fact, I'll play the clip that I played earlier to give context to the audience. Cut number 13, Senator Cotton on Fox yesterday. The CDC is a thoroughly politicized agency. Uh, most Americans disregard their advice on things like steaks and hamburgers and beers. Uh, increasingly, mm. they should disregard their advice when it comes to school reopening. Schools need to be open. 100% agree, Senator. I, I want to cover a couple of things about CDC. First of all, their pause in the Johnson & Johnson vaccine will end up killing I, don't, I can't count as high in all three hours as the number of people it's going to kill, especially in the third world. Now they are clearly in cahoots with teachers unions. What do you do about that? Uh, well, Hugh, the CDC uh, has a long trail of errors behind it, starting last February when they botched the early testing that would allow us to get uh, uh, ahead of the pandemic faster. Um, but now it's clear from the evidence, clear from the recommendations, that they are working in league with the teachers unions to keep schools closed. There is no reason that schools across America should not be open. And I mean open for real, with teachers in the classroom teaching their students five days a week. That's what's been going on in Arkansas for the last seven months. And to my knowledge, there's no school that's been the source of a major outbreak of the coronavirus. Um, but a lot of teacher unions are trying to use this as a bargaining chip to get more benefits or to get more pay. They're putting the interest of grown-ups ahead of kids, and I think that's very disappointing. And it's even worse, the CDC is in league with them. It undercuts their expertise um, and their ability to speak about the public health implications of this virus, just as it does when Anthony Fauci or others go out with two masks, saying that you've got to keep wearing masks in public even after you're vaccinated. We should be telling the American people, especially those who are somewhat nervous about getting the vaccine, in particular the J&J &J vaccine after the needless pause in distribution, that if you get these vaccines, everything does get back to normal. You can take the masks off. You can stop the social distancing. You can get back to work. You can get back to your kids' sporting events and school events. 
Now, let me talk to you a little bit about Senator about timber. I want to go back to the uh, to the timber industry. Um, I don't know if they have an alliance. I drove past yesterday. My new goal in life is to become the executive director of the Pool and Hot Tub Alliance, uh, which I noticed had a headquarters on the way to the movie theater that we went to yesterday. And that seems to me to be quite the great job, the Pool and Hot Tub Alliance. But does the timber industry have an alliance or an association that is trying to inform senators what is going to happen if stepped-up basis goes away? Well, well Hugh, uh, lobbyists have their own trade association. So, yes, it's safe to say that, that the timber industry has a trade alliance as well, and, and they are undertaking that education effort. You know, they've worked for years and years uh, to try to help senators and congressmen, mostly Democrats, understand the devastating impact the estate tax has had on our timber industry, especially um, locally owned timber industries as opposed to multinationals. But really, if you if you eliminate the stepped up basis, which for the benefit of the Browns fans, you when you, we <laughs> we had the best draft, a plus all three a pretty good draft. But we, when you when you eliminate the stepped up basis, which is, you know, the owner of a, of a timber industry passes on and the children inherit it at current market value, not what the owner valued it at 50 years ago when he inherited it or when he started it. And then when you treat death as a capital gains event, so think about that. You die and you hold an asset, often a very illiquid asset, like a tree that's got to grow for 40 years. Um, you say, okay, you've got a tax on the on the gain that's been locked up in that asset. That really is just another kind of estate tax. And in some ways, it's worse than the estate tax because the exemptions are lower. And under the Biden plan, the rates would be even higher. You'd see what we see again uh, time and time with the estate tax, which is locally owned timber industry our timber timber companies are selling out to multinationals, and that almost always means a loss of jobs. It certainly means a loss of community sports for things like the local little league or the local uh, chamber of commerce or the high school football scoreboard. Steve Scalise, uh, GOP whip in the house, and Alfredo Ortiz, who's the CEO of the Job Creator Network, uh, and I, they are a sponsor of this show. I always have to declare that. J, join JCN.com. Both don't want to call it stepped-up basis. They both say nobody understands that. It sounds like it's a millionaire's benefit. It's not. And Alfredo suggested calling it a success tax because it's going to hit small businesses as well as farms and timber uh, uh, businesses. It's, it's just a disaster for the economy. And I can't believe Democrats are going to support that, Senator. I can't believe well, they're going I, to put that in the bill. I hope they won't. I hope they won't. And it's important for all your listeners um, from all walks of life to understand just how devastating that tax would be uh, for their communities. I mean, just think, Hugh, about a local diner. Um, you know, if the land that that diner's been sitting on for 20 or 30 years is appreciated in value, uh, if you take the value of the diner's grills, um, and its refrigerators and its freezers, all the other fixtures in the building. Um, if you take the revenue that it generates, the goodwill it has, um, it could easily exceed the threshold for this tax, which means the little mom-and-pop diner that you've loved eating in for the last 20 or 30 years in your community has to be sold just to pay the tax man at death. And my friend Hank Adler likes to point out, as he did at Town Hall this week, many assets by small businesses are leveraged to expand, and therefore they have a mortgage on that small diner because they wanted to add restaurant space during the pandemic, and they are not, and those mortgages have to be paid off, and you could end up upside down if you are the heir. Uh, let me close, though, Senator. Uh, you're on Armed Services. One of our big friends in the world is India. Are we doing enough to assist India in the pandemic? Is Team Biden on the case? Because they will not waive 
the patent protections, and they've studiously avoided saying yes or no to that question? Well, Hugh, I don't think we should waive patent protections or IP rights uh, for the drug companies that made this vaccine. They're already licensing those at cost. Um, the reason we got these vaccines at record uh, speed is because of our strong protections for investment and property rights in the United States. However, there are lots and lots of doses that we know we're never going to use in the United States um, that we can get to India. We should be doing everything we can to support a critical democratic ally on China's southern periphery. Um, and I would like to see us do that even faster. Uh, do you know if, if, if we have actually advanced to any kind of alliance status with India, Senator Cotton? Would you advocate that? Well, we have an informal relationship called the Quad, Hugh, uh, the democratic countries that kind of surround China's periphery, India, Australia, Japan, uh, and then obviously the United States. Uh, and we have a pretty strong and growing defense cooperation agreement with India. I think that it's greatly in America's interest to continue to deepen that relationship with India. They're a country that's uh, very soon going to have more people than China. They occupy a critical uh, spot in global shipping lanes. And, of course, um, they're on China's southern border. And right now they're actually still in kind of a hot war up in the Himalayas. I mean, I know it's, kind of, it's cold in the Himalayas. Um, but they've got uh, thousands and thousands of troops facing off against Chinese troops up at the top of the world. And they've had collisions there. Senator Cotton, thank you as always for joining me. Talk to you again next week. Senator Tom Cotton of Arkansas. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. This is Hugh Hewitt for townhall.com. The first third of the year has ended. Not too soon to size up the game for the Republican presidential hopefuls down the road in 2024. I call it season one in the hunt for Red November. Here are the five leaders I have in tier one. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has used his time well leading what's been dubbed the free state of Florida. We have a pair of formers, former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo and former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie. Both have niches on television networks that give them visibility. Arkansas Senator Tom Cotton will be a serious, well-versed contender with high visibility in the Senate. And then just last week, South Carolina Senator Tim Scott delivered a beautifully written response to President Biden's address to Congress. He's immediately met with an avalanche of infected, which of course pushed him into my tier one, as it did for many Republicans. It's still early in the first quarter of a long game, but it's starting to take shape. And the GOP has a lot of talent. I'm Hugh Hewitt.